The Human-Centric Podcast. The podcast all about the talents of today and tomorrow. Presented by Deutsche Telekom. I think the conversation we just had, uh, Hannah, was uh, really deep and it was really insightful. And I actually learned a number of things. I took a note of a number of things out of the conversation. Um, we went different places. Again, you know, how can you really engage with the teams remotely? How can you be vulnerable? You know, how can you be present and manage the human being in total in this environment? Diversity and how difficult that can be and how productive by end of the day it becomes and how to really integrate diversity into the way you work. Really insightful. Oh, yes, I loved that. And then the idea of how important it is to actually apply emotional intelligence when trying to lead diversity. The art of making sure people are okay with not agreeing. You know, I thought we went to some really cool places. I hope you guys have a good old listen and you can watch it too, of course, if you like. Yeah, and keep in touch. Okay, guys, here we are. Welcome back to yet another episode of our podcast, The Human-Centric One. So, still in this new normal, I am dialing in from lockdown in Oslo. The rest of the guys, you are in the studio in Bonn. And a heartly welcome to all of us today on this January morning where we are doing our broadcast. The title of today is Helping People Grow in the New Normal. So what we'll be visiting today, the idea of growth. I find that very interesting in itself, both professional growth and personal growth, a corporation's growth. And one thing is surviving in this new normal, but I think what we'll be trying to visit today is also like going from surviving to thriving even. How can we keep going? How can we keep developing? So Svetlana, we have some guests with us, don't we? Hi, guys. <coughs> Hi. Hi. Hello. Guys. Hi. And I have to say, Hannah, I'm super happy. We have incredible guests for today to discuss the topic of growing people. And I was reflecting on myself, how can you grow people? You can grow your kids Yeah, but how can you grow people in the environment where you work? So I'm very happy to have uh, Dominik Gratsky, who is uh, coming from Telekom Deutschland, from German operations we have here. And Dominik is the vice president, and he's leading top experts, data science, project management, agile coaching. And I'm looking forward, Dominik, to have a discussion. How do you grow top experts? Now, how do you grow people? So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And I'm very happy to have uh, Christian. Christian, I would say that we are buddies. You know, we are belonging to one tribe and uh, we are peers. Christian is leading cluster, learn perform. And it's about learning culture, performance management, engagement. And you also are leading a product called WeGrow, mm. where we will visit a bit. So I'm very happy to have you on board. Thanks for having yeah. me. Thank you. And we today decided to experiment a bit. So Dominique and Christian had questions beforehand yeah, about growing people in the new normal. And neither of them saw the answers of each other. And we really wanted to go there to really have honest conversations about growing people, feedback, mm -hmm. leadership, performance management, and not to influence each other too much. So I'm very thrilled, Hannah, just to go mm. into that and to go into the answers. 
Yes, I must say, uh, receiving the answers from you guys was just such a fascinating read on its own. And I can't wait to go into these topics with you. And hopefully we will not only uh, discover what you've already kind of written down to us, but also see where we can take it with these questions. Shall we just get started, really? Are we ready? Ready. Well, I'm yes, just we are. St- ready, steady. I'm just going to start with a slight light question to start us off. <laughs> <laughs> the question, what is actually human potential and how can we maximize it? Now, you two had very different answers, guys. Um, and oh. Dominic, I would love to invite you to the microphone first. Do you want to yes. start us off? What would be your definition? Go for it. So for me, human potential has to go with, uh, has to go with growing people, developing them, giving them opportunity. And also uh, default people have a growth mindset. So making sure that we use their potential not only in the workplace, but also outside the workplace to develop them. And I must say, for me, that's the most important role as a leader to give people the opportunity and develop their potential. But important is there to do that in a purposeful and strategic way. Why is it important? Because we do that to mm-hmm. add value to the organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think mm-hmm. uh, I would include that in the definition of human potential. So there's something in your answer, Dominic, that says to me that if I just relax and let my days go, if I don't think about it, then I'm somehow maybe missing out on using my potential? Yes, I think just relaxing is a bit, yeah, you have to go into a a sort of out of your comfort zone in a learning growing zone to really make the best out of your potential, yes. Yeah, I think it's such an important... Yes, and to maximize, because that's what we were talking about, weren't we? And Christian, because you, on the other hand, you actually wrote back to us, which I thought was very brave, saying, you don't think you have a definition. You don't know how to answer this one. (laughs) Now, hearing Dominic, uh, are you any closer to an answer? Um, Well, I would like to look at the word, you know, potential, first of all, from the origin. So, you know, I think the origin is potentia, which is the Latin word for strength. You know, for strength and power, that's what potentia stands for. And while thinking about the origin of the word, I would say, well, so potential is obviously something that people have inside themselves, you know, like maybe also talent, Mm. though I think that there might be a difference between talent and potential. I would say talent, you know, is also something which you have from birth, but talent I think it's the fundament. I would define it like this, whereas potential is something that I would describe it as the set of abilities, mm-hmm. the set of abilities someone has inside from birth and that you can do oh. develop. And that can God. be, you know, a mix of a mix of different abilities, like creative ones yes. or cognitive ones, etc. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I also think that some people are even not aware of their abilities, you know. So I think it's also a question of leadership to to maybe together with the employee discover what is your potential and where is it? And I think Mm. one way could be, you know, to put people into Mm. different situations, to give them different challenges Mm. and then just observe them, you know, and let them behave in this situation. And then I think Mm. sometimes you have this, this wow moment, you know, for you as a leader, but also for the employee. Mm. So it's maybe looking at the edit from a different angle, I would say. Yeah. Oh, God, we're off to a good start. Thank you so much. Those are, oh God, where are we going with this one, Svetlana? We're going deep. Okay, great. So something we have 
lying dormant within us, something, and we kind of touched on talent there, and you're saying something about talent maybe being already with us from birth, but the potential is the force, the untapping of possibilities and force in us. Wow. Okay. Very, very good. I wanted to um, ask you, Svetlana, also, while we're on it, do you have a definition? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Hannah. I... You know, I've been giving myself the answers about what is human potential or high potential a few times in my career because I'm working with mm. talents, talent management, and high potential usually comes in some kind of form that you have to define it. I think for now, I strongly believe in a few things. Number one, I think the human potential, it can be really unlimited because I think we are born and the potential we have to develop ourselves. I just can't draw limits. Yeah, so it Every person, every individual has a potential. And what you're saying, Christian, about the strength, all of us have own strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And number two, it's very personal and very individual. Yeah. And very often we don't know about what is our potential, mm -hmm. what we are good at. And it's about your own exploration journey into yourself. You know, when you're in the flow, when you lose track of time because you love what you do. Yeah. Yes. And when you yeah. get into that flow, you really kind of start maximizing your potential. And what Dominique is saying, Ahana, is that in corporations, you have a purpose. We have, you know, telecommunications, we deliver connection to people. Yeah. Life is for sharing, what we say. And of course, we have to find people who are in the flow for what they do. Like, for example, for data science, you know, for mm -hmm. agile coaches, have to people who are just burning for that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you're not in the right position, maybe it's even better for you to go out and to find something else. Yeah. So it's finding your own. I have to say, have you seen um, the movie Soul? It's Disney yeah. movie, cartoon, 2020, so, just a recent one. If you haven't, no, check no, it out. So, no, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I found it brilliant because yeah. they explained to kids mm -hmm. in a very simple form and they called it a spark. So you have to find your own spark, yeah? And mm -hmm. you're on your journey to find your spark. And I think that I would say spark is this human potential. Oh, that's thanks for sharing it. Thank you, thank you, Svetlana. And yes, what you're saying, which inspires me so much, the idea that we need to show young people and kids that there is such a thing as actually exploring and finding and being curious about your own potential and not giving up on it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting for youth, and what I was thinking too, it's also interesting for people who come of age. So, like, is there a place and a time where you go, that was it, I've used my potential? <laughs> That's, a, right? That's a different topic. I think it's a yeah. very important yeah. one, too. Well, great. So far, so good, guys. Um, <laughs> I am moving us along, so we make sure we cover all of these important topics. And the second question we managed to come up with for you guys was, what is a leadership challenge that it's been hell as hard to develop for you as individuals, but that you are really proud of today and that you make really good use of. And this one, I'd like to ask Christian, will you take the stage first? Will you tell us what you answered on this one? Well, yes. My first thought when I read this question, I went back to the year 2005 when I first became leader in Deutsche Telekom. Hmm. And I, you know, asked myself, why, why did my former boss at that time, why did he assign me to a leader's hmm. position? What made me, you know, in his eyes to, mm -hmm. to be a leader? And I think it was because I was, I had very high expertise in, you know, things like negotiating and, you know, setting up, you know, regulations. I mean, from my professional mm. experience, I'm a lawyer. So, you know, I have 
specific strength in this area, maybe, and I was a very good expert in my area. But I mean, to be honest, I don't know if I really, you know, showed leadership skills mm. at that time. So, you know, and what I had to learn over time is, first of all, how to, what it means to be a leader mm. for a small team, then for bigger teams over years, up to 150 then in some years ago. What it means to become a leader, and by the way, I think you can learn how to become a leader, but leadership, again, is something different in my eyes. Where, where I saw a challenge and what I had to learn is, you know, to trust my people, to encourage them to work on that task without, you know, telling them what to do, not without advising mm. them what to do, but just trust that they have the motivation and all the skills to bring the best mm -hmm. results. Yeah, and that's what oh, I that's really a... struggled, it, struggled with at first and had to learn over time, but now it's working out quite well. Yeah. That is quite to the point challenge right there, I think. The idea of actually daring to trust mm. yes. and daring mm. to let go of the need yeah. to control everything. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so cool. Okay, Dominic, what did you have here? Well, I like that question because it's quite a personal question. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're not prepared to share mm -hmm. personal questions, how can we expect others to grow mm. and develop? So I think it's an important topic and I can relate to that question because... For some time, I really had to develop on the importance of really valuing the diverse thinking and perspective. How did it come? Because I think it's also a bit related to growing up and developed and educated in a system which is very knowledge-based. Mm -hmm. So knowledge mm -hmm. is the potential. That's how, you, how I grew up. And um, so to value, um, to find out that the importance of diverse thinking, talents, That took me some time and luckily, and mm -hmm. um, I must say, I benefited greatly from my international career, spent some years in France, Switzerland, and 15 years in the UK. And that really helped me to understand that knowledge is important, but the diversity of thinking, diversity of talents, mm. that is mm. the key to success. Mm. And that makes a difference. And then comes also the importance of emotional intelligence, of yeah. course, in that game. That's something which I also experienced in I led major part of the transformation, Deutsche Telekom Technik, where we looked at 20,000 employees. How can we uh, transform our organization, become it more agile? We had lots of discussions where I said, oh, can't we just all agree? And then by lunchtime, we will be done. Everything will be agreed. But looking back, I must say, If we had agreed quickly and if you do that quickly, you lose the potential and you miss out on the different views and opinions and people, what people have. And that really is, uh, I must say, look in hindsight, we wouldn't have come up with an answer, with a right mm. answer if we just agreed and just ignored or embraced yeah, uh, all yeah, this diversity yeah. of thinking. Yeah, yeah. And that's mm -hmm. fundamental. And that's something I had to learn. And I must say I had some great opportunities internationally to work with great people where I could use them as mm. mentors and um, which inspired me. Yeah. You know, the reason is with me, uh, I think we have this trust and diversity as the key topics right now. But what I also love to make with you saying that, hey, diversity is damn hard. Yeah. I mean, it's how hard of a yeah. job. Because usually when you have diverse people, they don't agree. <laughs> Yeah. And yes. you have to you have to accept it and everybody says diversity increases productivity and uh, we all understand but it's super hard that's the thing why is it hard? i mean you think it's slow it takes longer mm. to agree on something so that's why i think it's also for some people sometimes difficult to embrace but it's also important when you recruit i mean there's a tendency everybody else when you to recruit mm. a second me and to look out for diversity in that process so that's something mm. where i think it's key to have this uh, always in mind the importance of diversity and 
diverse thinking, diverse talents. Absolutely. And by the way, it makes us, you know, get out of our comfort zone as leaders, you know, having people on your team who contradict, you know, who speak up, who do not nod, you know, any time when you say, well, I think this and that as a leader. No. And that's, you know, that brings us because you before mentioned the topic of comfort zone and bringing people out. Yeah, that's something where we need to leave our comfort zone. What I love inside what you're saying right now, too, and especially in Dominique's, uh, what you were saying, the idea that emotional intelligence is attached to getting the quality out of diverse uh, populations. Like if you have a group of people with very uh, diverse backgrounds and you bring them to a table, one of the things you need for it to be qualitative is to actually know how to create a good conversation. Precisely, yeah know how to facilitate a good discussion. And in there is the idea that we get to disagree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that is just kind of so disappeared, hasn't it? With all the social <laughs> media and everything. The idea of actually making sure a room can be okay, even if people disagree. That's just a brilliant point you're making there, Dominic. I just wanted mm. to kind of highlight that. Yeah, um, yeah. okay. Well, so far, so good. So we've got trust and we've got diversity. Hannah. Um Yeah. I wonder, you work a lot <laughs> with, you know, executives as well, and you work in a number of different countries as, as us here in DT, but also you have other industries and you have politics and you have business. Uh, what do you observe? What is the hardest thing for leaders to develop to really drive performance and grow people? Oh, that is a brilliant question for me. My God, I think right now, top of mind, because I heard it the other day and I think it's so true. Someone was saying that when times are hard, we will be led by leaders who speak the truth to us. And we will not be led by leaders who kind of beat about the bush and kind of just speak in half-truths or try to sell the message in a nice way, try to wrap it in a sugar coating. So if I was to say, I see some leaders out there these days, and I, I have the privilege of coaching some of them, who are actually daring to be brave enough to be honest about the possibilities that lie ahead of us with the pandemic going on, about the economical and financial perspectives of what's going on. And there's some real truth to the idea that Yeah, well, if you speak the truth, <laughs> people will be led by you. And that is super hard when you're so frightened of disappointing, right? So that's one of the big communication topics I see going on right there. Would that answer it, Svetlana? Yeah, I think in, indeed, you know, how to really not just to tell the truth, but to have the real and sometimes difficult conversations, not to sugarcoat the message. Mm. You know, yes. I think sometimes we tend to, you just want to be nice, I, yes. I want to be liked, you know, I want to have people, you know, liking me saying, yes, you're great, you're fantastic. Mm. Um, mm. And when I convey a different message, I'm afraid of me not being liked, you know, or, yeah. or hurting people, hurting emotions of other people. And if I don't really you know, control that, then I tend to maybe not say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if we go into the world of like public speaking and we go to the big, like old public speakers through history, if you look at icons like Roosevelt in the States or Winston Churchill, what you will find is that in these times of immense stress and pressure, I mean, we think we're in a crisis right now. You go to like five years in lockdown in London, you know, the idea of Winston Churchill's speeches is actually very fascinating because he very often says just how hard it's going to be. Mm. And through that creates this level of trust. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we could mm-hmm. stay on this topic for the rest of the podcast, yeah, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, we could. Yeah. <laughs> we have diversity, we have trust, and we have truth and honesty. Should we bring that on to the question number three, Svetlana? 
Yeah, the question number three was more, how can we as leaders actually truly grow people and drive performance in this new normal? Because again, it becomes much more difficult to have difficult Mm. conversation online Mm. or to really connect to people, to establish trust Mm. uh, Mm. over just the phone or WebEx or whatever tools you use. And I think it's even harder to really capture potential and help people be more self-aware and develop them and to grow people in here. So Mm. a question to you, Christian, Dominique, and whoever goes first, how can leaders truly grow and drive performance in this new normal age time? Well, you already mentioned the topic of connectedness. And I think it's really important, especially in these times, to stay connected with your team, which, you know, doesn't cost much. It's, you know, it's sometimes like just picking up the telephone and giving a call, you know, mm. and taking some minutes only for your employee, just mm. asking, you know, how are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. So being close to your people and basically, yeah, ask them, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What are you working on? How can I help you? Can I, how can I support you? Give them the feeling that you recognize what they are doing so that you are not only interested in them, in them and in their well-being, but also in their results. So what are you working on? Think of people who have a, a rather introverted personality, you know, they lose touch, you know, and they need this kind of connectedness, this kind of questions. They need this kind of recognition. And I think also recognition is very, very much driving um, mm. not only satisfaction, but also performance. You know, that I know as an employee, my leader sees what I'm doing, sees my results, you know, and knows what I'm doing. So I think it's very much about connectedness and leading by questions, also leading by questions. So in order to, you know, better experience mm. how someone feels, where someone struggles, for example, where someone needs support, etc. Maybe to add a bit on that. So, yeah, for me, it's about trust, uh, empathy and, and mindfulness. And mm. I think if you just assume it's going to be the same as we had in the past, just digital, I think it's going to be a big mistake. For me, what's happening right now, well, I mentioned that we, mm. I was leading part of the transformation. We created a new department, created a new culture. But now that culture somehow is still attached to the office. Now we... Mm-hmm. We all disperse. We all mm-hmm. home office, some homes, still office. Yeah. So I think we need to think also about a sort of outside work culture or maybe, I don't know, it's not really home office culture, but I think the assumption that the culture which we created, which we have in the office, automatically everybody takes home. I think it's dangerous and I think we need to think that through and double check. As you said, mm. we need to talk mm. to the people. I think just assuming everybody's fine because mm-hmm. what we see on the screen mm. looks okay. What happens behind the screen, I think that's the very challenging task of a leader to talk to the people, maintain the trust, show empathy. And I would emphasize about show to really make sure that people mm-hmm. connect. And for me, also the point of emotional safety comes there and that people feel really safe, that they don't have mm-hmm. to sit with someone in the office to, to feel safe, but also they know that they can trust mm-hmm. people even when they're just on the call. And that's why... Um, key for me and in, in the new normal to think about performance mm-hmm. and i think this mm. connectedness with christian you mentioned and uh, the safety the mm. psychological safety also goes hand in hand mm. so the more i connected the more i know what's going on uh if my manager takes yeah. time just to say how are you yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of the Google project, Aristotle, you know, um, so Google did a research some years ago, they did a research over two years, I think, um, on the question, what makes high performing teams? And they came up with a result that the key ingredients is psychological safety. 
know, to create this kind of atmosphere that people, you know, dare to speak up, that people, um, you know, do not fear that they get punished when they do a mistake, for example. And I find that very interesting because once you understand this, you know, that this is the key, you know, for a high-performing team, then you can work on it. Hmm. Then you can cope with the topic and think as a leader, think about, how, well, what should I make differently maybe with my team or yeah how can i learn to create this kind of psychological yeah. safety what does it really mean to uh, follow up on that one to connect um, i think that's what i notice also my my daily work now the past i spent a lot of time in meetings talking about technical topics mm. as well and mm. uh, besides my own people growing mm. people, but i find it now that i spent more and more time in meetings where it's about non-work related mm. topics and i found that very important and that's the feedback i get things like we have this after work social gathering virtual we do business walks where we can together we do sort of body concept that people don't feel alone so it's very much yeah. about non-work related exchange so that they are connected that they feel looked after and it's not only about always about content well we basically yeah. do the same in our team we have yeah. a virtual coffee every four weeks where we yeah. do not talk about tasks and jobs, our job, yeah. but yeah, as you said, yeah. non-work-related yeah. topic. And the, people really like it. Because the borders are blurring, right? So you had your work in the office, yeah. you would go, you would disconnect, you would be at the work, then you would go yeah. home. Now we are yeah. all vulnerable. You know, you're in the home office, mm. you have kids running around, you have homeschooling, you know, you don't have maybe mm. enough iPads for all for every child. <laughs> and it, it's all kind of, you are in it. And sometimes yeah. you're emotionally high, sometimes yeah. you're not. And, you know, I think this is also a chance for a leader to truly be a leader because you know the elements of you growing people being vulnerable connecting to people connecting to the emotions of people have always been there mm. but now they are required really really you know this is the moment to show your leadership in here for people Precisely. so I, i find it fascinating yeah we are all human yeah. beings you're you all know? human beings <laughs> yeah. by the way and as you said we are all yeah. vulnerable you know we mm. are all fallible mm. yes yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I really want to tap into what you're saying, Christian, is that that's a lot of my clients are telling me too these days that the value of, or maybe it was you, Dominic, the value of actually calling people and doing like that little one-on-one -on -one follow-up just to make sure that you grab, because once you're on this team screen thingy, you're just this little green light and you it's so hard to actually understand what's going on with people. So when I spoke to clients and colleagues of mine before the summer, the people who were the most exhausted were the therapists. <laughs> So mm -hmm. up here in up here in Norway, you know, yeah. you're online trying to understand and read what's going on, you know, through the lens with this person in like a three-dimensional way. And I think maybe that's one of the biggest changes we've gone through in the last year is actually trying to fill this space that we're in right now with something more than just reporting and just being like head to head. But trying to create, how shall we put it, like heart to heart too, mm -hmm. and spirit to spirit. It's super hard. And some people that I speak to, they actually find it's better to go back to the old fashioned speaking on the phone. <laughs> and the reason for that, of course, is because you're closer to having an intimate conversation somehow. You might say when we speak on teams, we speak at people. And when we speak on the phone, we speak with people. So that mm -hmm. I even have yeah, some, some leaders who tell me this, they've chosen yeah. to revert to the very old fashioned thing of just yeah. being on the phone, you know, because then at yeah. least you can kind of have that intimacy. Isn't it funny? That's an interesting point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's so many purely like logical points to this, just like what you're saying too, with the, what's gone out the window, what actually goes out the window when we don't have any small talk anymore, you know, mm -hmm. what actually disappears. It's not to be underestimated for sure. And productivity, that... Christian and Dominic. So, you know, we have been in a situation for quite some time, quite some months, mm. right? In this new normal, becomes a new normal, becomes digital, becomes, you know, hybrid, you know, partially in the office, partially in digital. Do you see the impact on productivity of what you do in your areas? And do you have any reflections on how to increase productivity as a leader for your people? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I know we come to the point where the effort or the support we have to provide and also make sure that everybody feels well looked after and um, has yeah. all the needs um, fulfilled they have and feel heard. That time is increasing. So I have to spend mm. more time now. And mm. as you said, Han, in terms of calling the one-to-one, -one, mm. that takes more time now to get the same result and uh, make sure everybody has their problem addressed and feel safe. Mm. So that's mm. something I noticed increases now over time compared to uh, half, mm. a year ago, half a year ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think I, it's also... So I, so, sorry, Hannah. Sorry. Please, go sorry, ahead. sorry, you go. You're the guest, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's also very important to be as clear as possible on what you expect of your team, you know. What are the results I expect? When, when to deliver mm -hmm. what? So clarity, clarity on goals, short-term goals, I would say, you know, over, over a certain period of time and then regularly talk about progress. That's, I think, a good way to secure, maybe also to increase productivity, but at least to secure the productivity level. Mm. But also check your goals, you know, also check your goals, taking into account that people, you know, they have children. I have three children at home. So I also have to gather with my wife, who's also working. We have to care for our children. They're doing homeschooling. They yeah. are basically yeah. struggling with doing homeschooling. So, I mean, yeah. I think you also, as a leader, you have to think about, you know, how ambitious can tasks be or goals be? And, yeah. and can I really set five goals or should I reduce them to for two or three goals considering the private yeah. situation? You know? Yeah. So the priority for clarity, yeah. what do you actually really want to achieve becomes much, much higher. So mm -hmm. you can't be yeah. back any longer. Yeah. Mm, so exactly. you really have to prioritize your time, uh, your emotions, and you have to provide the clarity for the teams. Again, we always mm. had it before mm. in the leadership role. But it crystallizes now much more. Yeah? But as you said, understanding the circumstances for everybody is different now. And that's not sometimes obvious. And sometimes you don't get the answer just by asking how are you doing. It takes time. And that's uh, something where uh, over time now we learn that maybe we or everybody as a leader has to mm. develop and grow as well. It's bringing so many challenges to us, the situation that we're in. And it, it reminds me in so many ways of storytelling You know, you could even like kind of go once upon a time, there was a planet and then along came this situation and this virus, this challenge that we're somehow all facing. And then part of what's needed for leaders right now is to believe in a happy outcome and to instill that belief, the instill the possibility of not just surviving, but also thriving. It's like a belief thing, isn't it? From day to day to not fall into um, where I think we all go. At the, well, I'll be honest, I d definitely go there. There are days, you know, when you get up and you're like, oh God, it's just going to stay like this mm. forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. Having, daring to hope somehow, daring to, to show that possibility of a, of a future. 
That's part of this too, isn't it? Yeah. Being honest, yeah. Yeah. as you said before, Hannah. Yeah. So to have an yeah. honest conversation that things are changing, you know, it's not easy. And we have to be honest with people, we have to be honest with the feedback, with what is happening in the company. We have to transform. It will mm. impact, you know, us, for example, in DT, we are in the transformation, mm. but at the same time, giving hope and giving clarity of what you're trying to achieve. I like the point because when we talk about performance management, how was it and how it's going to be, I think we have to assume, well, it's going to be a transformation and people go through the emotions mm. as well. Mm. So something we have to keep in mind when when we come up, well, this is our the new normal. That's how we're going to do mm. performance management. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, that's, that's by it. the way, why we put the human interaction into the focus of our new performance development approach. Yeah. You know, that's so coming, you know, getting back from filling forms and serving IT processes is it and will change the leadership yeah. culture and not at all. It won't. So we put human interaction, frequent dialogues, things like that into the center of the new performance development approach. And I think it's important. Not only in yeah. presence, but but especially yeah. when in remote working and, you know, in hybrid work yeah. environments, it's, uh, yeah, even more important. So it really matters. Yeah, it really matters. Yeah, it really matters. Yeah. 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 I'm very aware in this conversation, Svetlana, there's a, a word, it's come up several times now, and it's kind of, we're not baiting, we're not biting onto it, but it will for sure be given some time here, sometime. And that word is culture. Yeah. And like, so right now we're kind of going, yeah, 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 we're not really addressing it, but if we put performance together with it. That would be something interesting for this episode, wouldn't it? Mm. Performance culture. Is it possible to foster performance culture like from our home offices, guys, Christian and, and Dominique? Well, uh, for me, I think we have to address this point culture because uh, just assume we had a culture mm. and that culture does people take home and we have the same performance culture. Well, well, if you mm. assume it was a performance culture before, um, that it will be now in the new normal the same. I think that's very risky. And for me, that's one of the key things I personally will, will do mm. in my, with my team, my department to think about, do we need to sort of uh, refocus on culture? Mm. Knowing that, well, we had a good one and, um, but is it still there? And mm. that's sometimes not so obvious. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And it's much more difficult to be agreeing on what that culture is once yeah. you, you really don't see each other anymore. Ex yeah. Yeah. It's, and uh, just even coming down to visit you guys in Bonn some weeks back, it was, I was sensing that walking through the corridors was different. Of course it was because there was nobody yeah. there and whoever yeah. was there wore a mask, but it, it was also something else was in the space, you know, it, yeah. it really has shifted something deep, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But to focus on this topic is really an interesting point. I've never thought about this, yeah. you know, to have a talk with my team on the topic of culture and has it changed in your eyes? Mm. I mean, yeah. in the end, we are all creating yeah. the culture yeah. where yeah, we live yeah. in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but, but that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, I take I, it with me. Yeah. <laughs> I said I wouldn't call it a home office culture yeah. because no. there are still people no. in the office. No. But yeah. um, but for the people at home, it's different. And for mm. the people who are in the office, not only uh, yeah because hardly anybody left in the office, it feels different. But I think there is a culture change there, and we need to address that and find out ways to the culture we want to have. If you mm. see there is a change. Mm. Mm. I think we talk about performance. I think a lot of the people I've met, both professionally and privately, after the COVID breakout, it's like everyone's kind of had a little bit of a think. <laughs> 
And everyone's kind of had a little bit of a, well, when COVID is over, I'm going to do more of this and less of mm -hmm. that. Or, you know, if I had a dollar for every person who now comes and wants coaching about like finding a new job or working less or like changing and, and being more to the point in their lives, that's in the middle of all the terribleness. That is actually quite beautiful that yeah. that's going on. That might be one Svetlana, positive aspect I just have to, on... I just have to uh, do you a little bit of a heads up. I cannot see a watch or a clock anywhere in my I, I, surroundings I lost right track now. Of time either. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just in so, the conversation. Yeah, we're just it in out. the middle of the conversation, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. It's no, been yeah. three hours. We haven't yeah, even started. Hours, yeah. We're just warming up. Uh, Christian, do you want to also mention something on the regrow? Well, I can do, yes, yeah, of so course. Because yeah. we can also connect it to more with the going life of a product in Germany, if mm -hmm. you want to. Like performance culture, where Dominique left in terms of cultures changing, like we have to really think of how to, to be that. Maybe you can also connect it in there. Huh? Mm -hmm. Should I do it now? Yeah, yes. just start. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. No, tomorrow. Well, yes. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, already <laughs> I already mentioned the topic of, of performance development, of a new approach, which we are just about to implement, um, not only in Germany, but also worldwide. Um, so what is different from what we did in the past? Um, what do we focus on in the performance development? We focus on human interaction. That's what I already said. And our core belief behind is that people's engagement, people's motivation, people's engagement, engagement, um, by the way, understood as passionate work, drives business performance on a micro level, so in the employee's level, but also on the organizational level. And we strongly believe that people's engagement drives business performance. And what we did last year when we had some, you know, conducted some design thinking workshops with, with customers, with internal customers, when we were, you know, shaping the new concept, We ask them, we ask them, what motivates you? What makes you stand up in the morning? Yeah, get up in the morning, sorry. Um, get up in the morning. What motivates you at work? What do you really need? Or what are you lacking today? And they said, well, it's basically very simple. We need orientation. We need a clear guidance. We need a vision or a purpose at least so that we know what we get up for in the morning. Um, and to which, you know, higher goal we pay into with our results. Um, we need feedback, regular feedback and feedback in the sense of feedback, which is really helping me to develop and grow. So I do not need a leader who tells me, well, you do the badly, you badly perform on stage. Hmm. I know that. I know that if I did be sure my leader, I know that I badly performed. So you hmm. better say, well, I, when I looked at you performing on stage, I felt this and that, that is something that helped my employee. So getting feedback, which really helps to, to develop and grow. And last but not least, development opportunities. So, and one of the prerequisites is that I, as a leader, I'm interested in my, in my employee, basically, in their unique strength mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how to bring in, you know, the strength best in what kind of area, you know, and focus on the strength and maximize the strengths and not so much looking at weaknesses of people because I, I much more believe in, you know, strengthening strengths and not talking too much about weaknesses. Um, that's basically our approach, you know, mm. in, in a few words. And that's what we are looking at. Let's throw in a little bit of an advertisement right here, Svidlana, because Christian, you've written an article. It's on LinkedIn, isn't it? And it is just stellar it's just brilliant on this topic of feedback in the workplace yeah. so listeners go find christian's little article on that um you know i find it really interesting you talk about compliments if you look at the maybe the best given best paid feedbackers on the planet my guess is that would be the trainers for the top athletes would you agree 
right? Definitely. If there's a trainer for a top athlete, they would earn so much more money just from actually being feedback givers. Now, if you look at their systems, it's very interesting. It's been decades since what they did was shouting out to whatever performer what they weren't doing well. And for the last decades, what they have been doing, because it's what works, they have been systematic about telling any kind of star within the field of uh, athlete, whatever they were doing, telling them what they're good at. Mm -hmm. So this idea of like talking to your strengths and talking about the stuff that went well and talking about how you can do more of what you are doing well is actually, if you look at them, and they probably are the best paid people on the planet for this mm. topic, they've been doing it for decades yeah. already, you know? I just find that interesting. That's a good good point. That's uh, This conversation I also have quite often with my people, my, my team, what are you good at? And what are you really successful at? And what do you mm. enjoy? Mm. And if I st mm. always stop at this, what do you enjoy? Then... Uh, And most uh, times I, they come up with a similar thing and um, I see it as my role and my responsibility there to move them a bit, to challenge them and give them a bit the opportunities to uh, find out maybe where there's an area where they can maybe work with somebody which haven't be worked before and weren't sure whether that's working or new project assignment. Mm. And that's something to give people the learning opportunity. Um, not always when, when you have a discussion, but always keep those questions in mind. That's something which works mm. quite well for me and i think it's important when you also talk about feedback and i think feedback we, we also have to think about how do we give feedback in the new normal because i think it's uh it probably also has to be different um mm. just over the phone um mm. in the past we did it yeah we said exceptionally we do it this time um over the phone because i can't come to you. but i think we have to look into that as well Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, feels a bit I think odd. you're so you're right. right. Yeah. Mm. I am going to push us forward because we are heading towards question number five, and I wouldn't want to miss this for the world, in particular because your answers were so interesting. I wrote down for myself, I just wrote, wow. So question number five. One thing in performance and talent development that Deutsche Telekom as a company should forget about and move on from, haha. <laughs> So I don't know who wants to go first. I, I'll actually designate Dominic, Dominic please. Dominic, please. I think yeah. I, I, I just heard something you said, which uh, leads me to the assumption that you probably have a similar answer. Yeah, but I, let, I, let's I see. Think I remember my answer, answer, by the way. Uh, so um, my view, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy, really happy that you include that question because I really feel strongly about it. Um, my view is that we should focus maybe less on the weaknesses and let people strive, uh, st allow them to strive on their strengths. My view and my experience is we, we have our performance discussions and then we look, okay, what's, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And then we keep dragging onto the weaknesses and mm. oh, um, what are the trainings you can go to? And then, uh, okay, you go to that, uh, you should get better at presentation. Okay, you go to that and that presentation training. When I now think, for example, about my, my data, the data scientists in my area, they're top-notch uh, data scientists. So um, they are, came from well-known um, institutes, companies. They should be in the, in the Champions League for data science. And that's the value add for their, that's their passion, that's the value add for the company. That's uh, if I say now, well, you should become um, maybe a project manager. I don't do well for them and I don't do well for the mm -hmm. company. Hmm. So um, the, the challenge I have in those situations, then, of course, how do I develop those people? 
and mm. I always assume they have potential and they want to develop. For the data scientists, um, for example, now I found a way that they can sort of give back to the organization, come up with, mm. you know, this, but, uh, the, the, an upskilling program for the, the um, entire technology organization mm -hmm. in, in, in Germany. So where they can share their information, mm -hmm. be a bit of coach and mentor, they enjoy it. Um, and also it's a win-win. The, the company, uh, they grow their skills. They be multipliers. Yeah. So they become multipliers of knowledge and that yeah. also gives them energy and engagement and the yeah. impact they create. And that's the what they love great. doing. And that's exactly. most important. Yeah. 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 Mm. So yeah. they should allow the people to strive on their strengths. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget this, uh, the weakness, oh. but, uh, but <laughs> totally agree, don't yeah. just focus yeah. on those. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and maybe while you were speaking about data, well, I, I do not believe in is that people are able to rate others. So I would never say that uh, rating on performance and potential is reliable data. That's, that's, you know, <laughs> I think we should really abolish this, this thought because I absolutely do not believe. I mean, in, in this, in you, this, in this, you're yeah. cheating about the last question. That's very, very <laughs> tricky. Yeah, and the th tricky thing is, nice. Hannah, that we that we will keep, you know, that we will keep the rating yeah. in Deutsche Telekom, but just as an indicator, nothing more. And by the way, not rating on potential, but rating on performance, but just as an indicator, but not as the one. And that's what yeah. I mean, not as the one, you know, mm. single source of truth. So I believe you as a leader that you are the only one who can judge performance yeah. of an employee. Mm. And that's it. And that is my, and I would say, no, please yeah. do not, do not. Yeah. But it's also a question of, you know, um, cultural maturity. And, and that's why we, why we said, well, mm. first keep ratings. I do not like them, but first keep them. And maybe in the second step, we come to it, you know, while the culture is evolving, mm. maybe we can mm. remove ratings. Yeah. I oh it's, a, it's such an interesting question because what came up for me when I saw your answer which of course I did when you sent it to us what came up for me was also I've worked in a couple of cultures where there was never any feedback mm -hmm. where as long as you didn't get any feedback you knew you were doing okay if you did something wrong someone might say something but we weren't we weren't kind of seen Right. And this was not a place for me to thrive any old how. This was not a, a good culture for me to work in. So I guess it, uh, there's a balance in here somewhere to be struck, isn't there? Yeah. So, but if the, yeah. And, sorry. and, and yeah. is there, is there one culture? I, I would also doubt that, you know, if you I mean, I'll just think about the question, is there one culture within one corporate? I would say in Germany, we have different cultures within our entities and, and abroad, of course, as well. So. Yeah, mm. talking about culture very needs important. some, some, I think some, some deeper mm. thoughts, but the maturity level of a culture is very important while, you know, yeah. talking, for example, about the topic of feedback, like you mentioned it, Hannah, because there are also in Deutsche Telekom, there are areas where feedback is just not in place, is not a lift. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And others where it's, you know, perfectly I, lived. Uh, yeah. No. I work for a lot of companies who kind of go, they go all weird when I ask, so what's the feedback culture like? Mm. Uh -huh. And they kind of go, oh, well, uh, mm. and it turns out that at the end of the day, there's this level of politeness. So nobody dares to kind of, especially peer feedback, very hard topic. Anyway, it's, it's a big topic. And I think it, it touches on this, what I really want to uh, maybe invite you guys back to talk about some other time, which is to really investigate and go underneath the surface of this idea of culture, hmm. how it is created, how it is changed. Everyone says that culture eats strategy for breakfast, and I guess we would totally agree. But like, how does it come about? It is a fascinating question. I'm sure we all it have is. many yeah. answers. 
Svetlana, how are we doing for time now? Are we getting towards the end here? I think we are, Hannah. Yeah. We are. We, we are. are it's, at the it end. felt can, like one, so, you know, one Can flow. I still comment on yes. this performance rating? So I, I think, yes, but. Um, and mm. for me, the but it should be done in a meaningful, purposeful way. And mm. um, I think we should benchmark always, see what's happening outside. I'm sure there, there are good ideas in the outside world. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, it's a continuous process. I mean, human don't develop exponential, um, mm -hmm. at least um, not normally. Um, so we should build that into the process. And that's something I feel uh, passionate about. And th the measurement, yes, I don't have the KPI in mind, but mm. um, I personally think some measurement might make sense, but then not don't measure for judgment. For me, it's mm -hmm. important to measure for growth. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. we, we tend to, when we have some measurement, we tend to, oh, yeah, he's better than him. Uh, I think we should use the measurement then to allow people to see whether and how they can grow mm. further. Yeah. 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 You know, very often when I'm thinking about, you know, ratings or sometimes assessment reports of people mm. when you work with them, yeah? So mm. I always say that it's very much, in my mind, I compare it to the balance sheet. So it's the view for mm. today, mm -hmm. 31st of December, 2020. That's how it looks like. It might change tomorrow, you know. It's more like a cash flow. Mm. Because you, you are developing, you're changing. You're, the picture which you had yesterday might not be the one you have today. Mm. And you have to be also aware of that. So I really like, Dominic, mm. how you say it. You have to measure somehow. Mm. You have to give feedback. You have to have some objective and constructive conversations. Mm. But you also have to do it for growth mm -hmm. and understand that, you know, tomorrow it's changing. Yeah. yeah? So it's not boxing people. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, and giving them oh, a label, yeah. which we sometimes do. Yeah. That's that's maybe the yeah. challenge. Yeah. Okay. Well, it looks as though we are drawing to an end, ladies and gentlemen. I guess there's a huge big thank you from Svetlana and me for taking the time, guys, and uh, showing up. And for taking the time for your wonderful responses, I must say. It was a pleasure just reading them. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, uh, was a pleasure being here and uh, enjoyed sharing. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so yeah, much. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And it's no, no, Hannah, growing people is a really difficult topic, but uh, there are so many angles to that. And I think we all ended up with discussing, you know, leadership and how can you be present for your people, how you can create trust, connectedness, care and clarity. So really enjoyed it. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Goodbye from Oslo. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Stay safe. To find out the deeper meaning of talent and its human aspects in business environments, subscribe to the Human Centric Podcast and stay tuned.